0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Weekly Manga Recap. It is April the 1st of 2020. I hope you all are doing well, and we thank you very much for taking time out of your busy schedule making Animal Crossing modifications in order to join us for the mm. recap of what Mon- occurs weekly.
1: What What's happened to Animal Crossing, Nick? I, I played many of them. I haven't played the newest I played
0: one. I've played none of them, so... Uh,
1: all, I, all I could understand was Animal Crossing was very popular. Everyone was playing it. And then very quickly, it started to become very cutthroat. Like, it's like, oh, yeah. hey, if you're going to come to my town, I need 140 bills per turnip. Fuck face.
0: Apparently, everyone wants to uh, be an economist, but only when it, doesn't ma- when it doesn't actually count. Yeah. It's like, you know, gambling, but without actual currency.
1: I just play gotcha games for those, and you always lose.
0: <laughs> Except those require you to actually spend money on them. <laughs>
1: that's real money uh, <laughs> i thought this was fun money that i used
2: on my phone
0: i mean if if it goes up any any faster than like one dollar a day then it's, <laughs> you're spending money on it i saw someone uh make their town's theme judas uh chris jericho's theme so you know there's just yeah they've just got you know the little cartoon dog uh, secretary, like, humming the, the Fozzie theme.
1: <laughs> I mean, that's kind of itch. I was like, how do you theme the rest of the town to it? Like, you're like, I, I make people wear their costumes in the music video, or? No, no, they had
0: a flag of Jericho up somewhere, yeah. too. So no, there you go. I mean, yes, you can also modify costumes. So, hey, maybe it's like an AEW town hall, and I don't know. That'd so. be sweet.
1: Uh, We should, off the bat, note that this episode's being recorded on April 1st. Yes. Uh, which is traditionally april's full fool, april fool's day uh we're not going to be partaking in it though i think right now uh considering everything going on in the world this is absolutely not the time to be making jokes dot 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 <laughs> at my expense <laughs> the rest of the world <laughs> needs laughter and to be pranked uh but absolutely not at me that's 100 percent what we should yeah. not be doing but yeah, everything else and
0: that's why we don't we don't observe we didn't observe April Fool's Day last year either. It was because of the circumstances with
1: COVID, you know. Yeah, it's because of the situations yeah. going on in the world. Yeah. Dot, dot,
2: dot. <laughs> I be don't playing. prank <laughs> me, you asshole. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it's hilarious what happens to everybody else. If I found out my don't neighbor like me. <laughs> walked outside the door and he stepped in poop, I'd be like, That's hilarious. Now what we need in this world more than anything is laughter. Unless I'm the one that's gonna be the butt <laughs> of the joke, in which case we absolutely don't need it. Now is not the time for that.
0: You're like I poke fun of myself enough, okay? So yeah. I don't need your help.
1: <laughs> Let me internalize my own grief and not have to have <laughs> like my salt shaker open up on my food or something, like that. <laughs> or sh- like, or sugar get poured into my gas tank.
0: You're you're like um, you know you, you would make jokes about like you know. With your circumstance, with your mom and everything, but then like if you saw Chigurh post him, you're like, guys, come on, my mom, like remember,
2: like guys, my sick mom, what are you doing? she's never gonna say my name again like I really, I just lean into you're always
0: joking about that though but why don't you have my salt shaker though come on what the fuck's up with
1: that the only thing that makes it easy after taking care of my sick mom is having my food properly <laughs> <laughs> Like,
0: I want to put salt on my food but not too much yeah. unless I decide to put too much salt on my food because my taste buds
1: are terrible and now but that, that's my choice and now that choice has been taken away from me much like my
2: mother's uh, <laughs> <laughs> He's like, keep pro- on it for like, processing pro- abilities. You just keep on it for like five minutes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I really, I need to guilt trap them at that point.
0: Yeah. All right, man. Oh. Uh- we got some manga to talk about today. Not do? as much. We do. Yeah. Manga's been coming out it's on the same schedule. Uh, for except, now. For, <laughs> except for Seven Deadly Sins. And that was not due to a- anything that was going on. That was just because Crunchyroll was really fucked up with posting the chapters. And we're not going to have to worry about that until the spinoff or whatever comes out. <laughs> um. So, yeah, I guess we'll get into it. Start off with uh, My Hero Academia, number 266, Happy Life. So this is
1: I bet very going to be a happy chapter.
0: Um, in a way, I guess depends on how you look at it. Sure. Dobby had just arrived in order to rescue Gene from uh, twice uh, from Hawks. Uh, launched a big old wave of fire at him and then stomped on him uh, with more fire uh, to help just because. But uh, we see as this chapter begins that Hawks manages to get away. He has uh, one of his hawk. Uh, his hawk feather swords uh, pull him to safety while he also uh, has uh, twice. I, it's He's not under his arm, I don't think, but he's kind of like shoving him uh, while he's being carried out by his feather. And uh, of course, he has to frickin take his big furry coat off because it's on fire. And uh, Hawks, however, is in really bad shape. One of his wings it seems to be just completely gone. The other one uh, is missing a lot of its feathers. It's kind of crackling. Uh, so he has lost a ton of his weapons. They were burned up by the fire the same way that they burned up when he helped out Endeavor against the High uh, And Hawks is like, you nearly killed your friend, supposedly trying to rescue him. But Dobby's like, nah, I knew you would save him. You're a hero. So, uh. Hawks then asks him, you know, the way that you attacked me, it's like you already knew that I was, you know, a traitor. What gave me away? And Dobby's like, nothing gave you away. I just haven't believed you from the start. So not sure why he didn't kill him or anything, but maybe there's some sort of alternate scheme that's going on. Hmm. I mean, personally, I don't think it really makes him look good if he's like, oh no, I never believed in you or anything. I just, you know, Waited until you launched a huge assault in our base and didn't stop you before I confronted you about it. Oh, well. Hawks analyzes the situation. He's like, all right, uh, well, I've gotten Bubai Gawar really weakened. Um, That should prevent a full-blown rampage, so I'm just going to carry him out of here. But before he can do that, Twice summons a double of himself to kind of tackle Hawks while he tries to scrabble away. Uh, Dobby launches another wave of fire which blows out the side of the crumbling building that they're in. Uh, and uh, so he manages to get away, and Dobby's like, All right, now go take out the heroes down there. Uh, they're waiting for you. And so Twice's like, All right, and he starts to scamper away, and he and Dobby kind of like slap hands. He gives him the hot tag uh, yeah. as, on his way out, and Twice starts to summon more doubles, but. Hawks appears in the doorway that he's running through. And Dobby realizes that when he blew open the side of the building, Hawks just flew out along with the flames and then circled around, which is honestly kind of hilarious. When you take a moment to think about it, it just just circles right right around after he's done that. But this is a serious moment. So it's not funny at all. Shut up. (laughs) So twice tries to force his way through, but before they can clash, uh, Dobby just says, Kego Takami and this gives Hawks pause. Uh, Dobby launches another wave of fire, which he has to dodge. And Hawks is just thinking to himself, how do you know my name? Who who are you? Because we still don't know who Dobby really is. or A lot of things about him, really. Uh, so twice rushes outside. He leans over the balcony and looks at, you know, people scrambling around in the atrium below. And uh, he, all, he spots members of the League of Villains and he's like, I've got to protect them. You know, they've accepted me and I, I've got to and I've only paid them back by causing them pain. I can't let it end this way my my whole life. It seems like and as he starts to summon another double uh, Hawks comes in through the wave of flames with one of his, with his long feather stretched out like a sword bearing down on twice And twice thinks to himself, as blood goes flying along with uh, Toga's handkerchief that she loaned him, that he's been a man falling lower and lower, getting duped. To you, my life looks pathetic and meaningless. And we see that Toga and Mr. Compress have been caught by a really weird looking hero. He's got mouths. By Danger
1: Dude. By Cuspid. Is that his name? Molar man. Uh, I was was like, did they name him bicuspid?
0: Moral molar. There we go. That'll work. (laughs) And so he's, uh, you know, going to try and uh, stop them. Uh, He's like, oh, it's all over. But the twice clone that was summoned um, kills him. I mean, I guess he could survive that, but uh, he got cut directly across the back of his skull and there's a lot of blood. So um, he's not getting up for a while, at least. Uh, and, uh, so Mr. Compress and Toga, of course, are pleased to see him. Mr. Compress says twice, make more doubles. We're we're got we've got to make our getaway. But the clone says, sorry, compress. I can't make more. It's taking all I've got just to hold this form together. Like when you're holding back a big dump, this is a serious chapter. <laughs> Shut up. Not funny. Uh, and he says, I got dropped down onto the concrete from up there. Sorry, you two. It's my fault again. Hawks pulled one over on me and I was duped. And he's already starting to dissolve. So he turns to Toga and he's like, oh, you, you got your face got hurt again. Let me give, me, give you back your hanky. And he kind of cleans her cheek off. And Toga recalls when she first gave him the handkerchief in order to bind up his ripped up mask And twice thinks to himself, I've been wandering around, searching for myself, and I found myself blessed with friends better than I could ever be. And as he's completely dissolving away, Toga wraps him up in a hug and says, thank you for saving me. But the the clone thinks, could a guy ask for a better life? Die, Hawks. You don't get to tell me that I was unlucky. Being here with them, I was happy. So the implication is that Twice is just dead. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is entirely possible that that is not the case, of course, because this is, you know, a superhero comic manga. We don't flat out see him being dead, but it looks like he is dead. Uh, Because we see, you know, like the sound effect, the the sword seems to go into the real one's body. And Hawks was saying that he was willing to kill twice in order to prevent him from causing damage. As far as the twice clone is concerned, I'm sure he thinks that the original is dead. Um, But uh, yeah, this was, I think, a very effective chapter showing, you know, that, hey, you know, these guys are assholes. They're societal rejects, but they do. They do care about each other. uh, And that it was nice to have that little bit of focus in the midst of this big war that's going on between the heroes and the liberation front. So.
1: It's it's a very powerful chapter uh, as you mentioned maybe there's an offhand chance he's still alive. Uh, the, the all imp, imp, like the implication to everything here would definitely be that he's dead. Uh, there's a lot of reasons that maybe he might not one being as many people have mentioned uh, twice is basically the heart of the league of villains. And maybe it's intentional he needs to die here because you're killing the heart as the League of Villains goes from being kind of this anti-hero group you follow to just being the outright antagonist of the series going forward. Make them
0: less sympathetic.
1: But at the same time, he's also one of the more popular characters in the series, too. So it's always one of those things, too, of does Horikoshi uh, have full right to kill him? Or is there like an editor who's just like, but the money, (laughs) think how much we'd lose (laughs) So there's always that... that, But my Deadpool XP! (laughs) Yeah. There's always the room left out there to potentially bring him back. And remember, we have characters who can undo anything. Toga can clone Mm -hmm. herself into him. Like, There's a ton of different ways he could potentially come back. But the implication is that he's dying here. And if that is the case, I think this is a very effective way of doing it. Uh, His relationship with Toga is, is... the core to I think really the heart of the League of Villains.
0: Yeah, that's the and, closest relationship that there is in that group. So, and
1: uh, although his big heroic moment of saving Toga and Mister Compress felt like it could have been more interesting than like he just like Ugh! he cuts some dude's head off or like the back of some dude's head open, uh, like that moment maybe isn't the coolest. Everything like speech wise is is incredibly mm-hmm. powerful. It- it's 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 sad watching him like, you know, pull out his heart like that as he's just slowly melting away as well.
0: Yeah. There is also the interesting thing that, you know, Hawks was shocked that uh, Dobby knew his real name despite the fact that he knows that, you know, the Meta-Human Liberation Front has the resources that they do. So, continuing to build up, you know, the intrigue around this, you know, the basically the main lieutenant in the League of Villains. Mm-hmm. So.
1: And I, I do also appreciate him kind of having the real good line, too, of just like, oh, yeah, I I I, I did it because I knew you would save him. Like, I'm, I'm willing to do yeah. that. And you basically, like, after last week of being like, oh, I managed to get here because I knew you'd be too soft. And then this week following up with that and basically just kind of feeling like Dobby. Knows more than Hawks. Dobby's yeah. always kind of one step ahead of him mm-hmm. in these ways. And I, I feel like that really helps to build Dobby up. When we know so much about Hawks now, Kate Bully is, but he always seems to be one. Like Dobby always seems to know what to do or say to, to cut to yeah. him.
0: Dobby is the one remaining character in the full on League of Villains where we don't know his quirk or his real name. And there's this continuing thing of, like, how the hell does he know this stuff? Because there was the confrontation he had with Endeavor. There was, you know, people trying to figure out uh, his quirk when they were actually clashing with the metahumans uh, before the alliance was formed. So it is nice that every every time he shows up, we get a little bit more peppered in. So Mm -hmm. thank you, phone. So that signals. (laughs) the character <laughs> popularity poll results for actage did was did the act,
1: did the act age alarm go off
0: yeah i guess so um very weird kind of halloween like um announcement for like the character popularity poll i completely forgot who one of these characters was i'll admit
1: when they uh, uh
2: got six i'll be hour.
1: honest the the right side of the page might as well just be question mark question mark question mark <laughs> Akira. I think Akira I is the
0: superhero guy. He's okay. the he's the producer lady's son. All right, uh, that's
1: who I thought he was. I'm sure. Yeah. Glasses girl was in the play.
0: She was in the play. She no, was the one I had to look.
1: No idea who the last girl is. That's a made up character.
0: She's Kuroyama's assistant.
1: Now that's a made up character. That's weird. Like a, a fiction, like, like a fan fiction character made into the actual popularity poll. That's insane.
0: I did see a thing um late last night so you know when April fool stuff from Japan was dro- dropping that there was a fake announcement for an act rage movie mm-hmm. so like all the actor characters are going to be in a blood sport style movie so there's an april fool thing yes there's been a harmless- lot of them harmless enough though uh chioko one by the way she's number 1 so uh i guess uh I guess uh, Kay doesn't win the uh, the play contest, so there you go. Wrap it up completely. Finish the storyline. Done. Arc over. Um. We see a whole bunch of people talking on the street about the play, uh, discussing which version they like more, uh, some of the actors' performances and stuff. And hey, <laughs> there's there's Iraqi. That character who's the sixth most popular in the manga. She's sitting there, listening in on people. There you go,
1: Chris. I'm sure I'll remember her the next time she comes up. So, Hiragi
0: turns outside of the page and holds up a sign that says, Hi, Chris, I'm Hiragi, the sixth most popular character in the manga. Remember
1: me. And I sat there stroking my mustache, like...
0: I'm more popular than the guy guy who's actually directing the play, and I'm his assistant.
1: It is actually a little surprising to me that Kuriyama is another maybe... Well, because I'd like to be like, maybe he hadn't done anything. Maybe he hadn't done anything recent to when the poll was announced, but I was like, she hasn't done shit. And the glasses girl certainly hasn't.
0: Ricky's one of the more popular characters that's outside of this top six. Like, he was like number. He was somewhere in the top 10. And so uh, I think that it's characters that, you know, leave uh, an immediate impression. And also I do I definitely get to the, uh, the, uh, the sense that the whole play arc was apparently very popular with people considering you know there's Araya, there's Akira, there's uh, Sanzaka. so
1: I'm very because people in the chat are saying it's the Waifu factor. and I'm really having trouble processing that Act Age has people reading it for the waifus.
0: Oh, they definitely do. In
1: my mind, I'm like, that's that's incomprehensible.
0: male waifus. So
1: I'm just like, no one would do that. That's like watching Sesame Street for waifus. It's it's just that's not what the program's about.
0: That's like reading Naruto and voting for Sasuke, even though he's such a horrible person. And who would do that?
1: No one. No (laughs) one would.
0: Uh, Okay. Anyway, so she's basically just like listening to some people. She's not really doing anything. She's just, you know, out during her day to kind of, like, set the scene of, like, this is what time of, where in the timeline we are, basically. <clears throat> uh, then we see that there is a business eating, meeting going on in the, the studio uh, about using talent from the, per- I, you just buzzed at me. I'm doing
1: actage. <laughs> yeah, we're in the actage. The actage alarm is, is going off. Oh, man. Yes, I know that there, there's a
0: freaking thing going on with the coronavirus. Yes, you. thank you. You shut the state down the way the county shut down two weeks ago. Good job, Santas. Fuck off.
2: That'd be great if your
1: phone was just like,
2: hey, have you heard about coronavirus?
1: <laughs> like, yeah,
2: this is a bad thing. <laughs> I think you should get inside. <laughs> like, I understand it's just learned about it this morning. That's <laughs> why I- I- don't anything. I'm your phone that regurgitates its news for three-month-old aggregates. Did you hear about this stuff going on in Wuhan, China? Sounds bad. <laughs> They're calling it the the something really racist. I don't want to repeat it. <laughs> you should watch out. You, you write should buy just, toilet paper. not only five people have it right now. <laughs> yeah, maybe it'll just blow over. That's what to happen, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm gonna put it next to your Ebola warning messages. <laughs> Any minute now, it's gonna come back. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be here to beep in 30 more minutes to tell you Kobe Bryant died. Oh god. <laughs> okay,
0: I haven't heard enough about people, random people dying. geez. All right. <clears throat> so some meeting going on amongst this st- in the studio. Uh, they're like, yeah, things have been going well. Uh, we've got to get this K. Unagi girl involved too. So apparently there's another project lining up for K coming pretty soon. After I we will hear about that once this whole play arc is over. Meanwhile, she is out and about trying to go about her day with her brother and sister. Uh, but despite the fact that she is disguised in an impenetrable disguise that does nothing to cover her hairstyle, which is very distinct, uh, she's getting pursued by uh, some, they're not even paparazzi they're just random uh, fans but she goes down an alleyway and when they try to follow her, oh she's gone because she like Spider-Man crawled between two uh, parallel walls. So some incredible core strength by Kay. She's got two children holding on to her while she's doing that. Mm. Anyway uh, Ricky pulls up in a car Um, there's someone photographing her from the car, too. Anyway. Yeah, I guess guess the
1: passenger, or maybe it's someone from the other side, is just, yeah, is saying his driver?
0: It's his driver because he's on the Japanese driver's side.
1: Okay. So So his driver's like, well, hey, (laughs) let me sell some photos, I guess.
0: Yes. Or maybe, like, Ricky, Ricky just doesn't have a regular driver and he just took an Uber. And the guy's like, are you, are you Ogami or Kia? Yeah. All right, I'll give you and, two stars.
1: <laughs> and he's one of those people that gets in the front seat of an Uber? Yeah, that's really creepy. <laughs> well, I guess he knew he was going to be picking up Kay
0: and her, and her uh, siblings. so
1: Then you could get out at that point and exchange seats.
0: I always ride shotgun. I've got very long legs, yeah. so anyway, uh, everyone's m- meeting up for yakiniku. Who's involved in the play? Both uh, crews, um, and they're gonna eat. Oga- uh, Ricky is like, I'm treating everyone cool. Uh, then there's a weird bit because, um, Hiragi senses at various points that there's going to be awkwardness. So she's like, hey, Araya, can you do, like, an impression of somebody and then just keep that up for the entire two hours we're going to have a meal? That way we'll avoid awkwardness by forcing you to do this one trick. It's very odd. But, yeah, he starts doing impressions of people. Like, Araya does an impression of Akira to begin with, and uh, Rui, Kay's little brother, uh, is like, oh, my God, it's it's Common Rider! So there's that that happens, but then uh, Araya does an impression of Ricky and Ricky's like, don't do an impression of me
1: or I'll fight you I do enjoy that you want to step outside? Let's do this let's let's have a fist fight over this
0: so Araya takes a drink and promptly collapses because he can't control his liquor. It's one of those things where it's like, oh, how wacky everyone's hanging out and you see everyone's character quirks because it's so wacky and Sometimes these are really good. This was just, you know, there. I not. I I don't find it annoying or anything because trust me, whenever I think of Yakiniku gathering scenes, the one that immediately springs to mind is the one that took up like an entire month of the Prince of Tennis because they had a meat eating contest, which played off of everyone using their super tennis abilities to eat meat more quickly. And I hated it because of course I did
1: um <laughs> <laughs> it seems unlike you maybe the problem is
0: just there so
1: I say maybe the issue is that these are normally where you like show your characters comedically at their best and not to dunk on act age but their characters aren't really comedic like that like nobody has like their comedic quirk to really like oh, blast that's, out here.
0: I, uh, that's uh, yeah, that's him. I, you know, how funny it is that he can't hold his liquor.
1: Yeah, the mm. uh, ogami farts every time he's at dinner, he just can't. Every time he eats meat, he just starts blasting it right out of him. Tee like it's just, I don't know.
0: So then it turns out that the daughter of the Yakinika restaurant's owner. Uh, is wandering around and she can't decide which of the two teams for the play to vote for. But she comes across Chiyoko and Kay definitely not doing a ship tease moment. That's not what's happening. Don't read into this, guys. There's no gaydar going off here. Nothing, nothing so to read. The thing.
1: Into. Well, there's the whole the whole thing currently going on with We Never Learned and the Pizza Bet based on that yeah. idea. There is nothing going on between these two. There is nothing. This is 100% the author playing a joke at the audience expense. Every time something like this happens, I'm like, they're trying way too hard. To make. They this know what thing. they're doing, though. Yeah, there's nothing going on here. Mark I- my words in the midst of the coronavirus to help better date this statement. There is nothing romantic or sexual going on between Kay and Chiyoko. Okay.
0: So <laughs> I will say this. Um she's the most credible love interest for Kay I can think of in the series.
1: Uh I mean it'd be really weird if the director and her ever got together. No, don't do that. Um Maybe the dude from Stars, like the the, the son of like, I, they need After more half. time interacting, they, but...
0: They're at least good friends. I could see something developing there. Yeah. Sure. Especially because, like, there's no, like, rivalry going on there.
1: Yeah. They, they so. just seem to be, like... They're just, just... They just get along, because yeah. they're...
0: Yeah. Anyway. Uh, Chiyoko is doing an impression of Ricky. That is what's going on. Uh, and Hiroki's like, Okay, keep doing that for two hours, Chiyoko. And is like, why do you keep on doing this? Basically. And then Ricky's like, what about that was like me? And Chiyoko's like, uh, your hairstyle. <laughs> it's like the most random thing you could name. And your hair is nothing like his. So, um, But then Kay is like, as your co-star Ogami, I promise to win this. And she challenges Chiyoko to do the best impersonation of ricky and it's a battle between them that's what's happening next so again yakiniku meeting random pointless battle with no consequences
1: no nick what's gonna happen is whoever wins this contest is ultimately gonna who, who's gonna win over the heart of the little girl and she's gonna push the vote button and the, the phone's gonna be like, Congratulations, <laughs> you're the one millionth vote. Mean your vote's gonna count for 17,000 times the amount of its usual value. <laughs> and or now determine who wins or loses. <laughs> or it's gonna be like
0: Um She doesn't she votes for Chiyoko and Kay and her team go back and are like, Oh man. That could have made all the difference. And then the final vote tallies come out and they've lost by like 2 million. And they're like, oh, man, now that I know we didn't even come close, I actually feel better.
1: You ever have like those weird like sports phobias or like uh, habits where so there was a point where I was like, man, I need to stop watching the game because the Giants are losing. If I do that, they won't. And I remember trying to rationalize it in my head that if I stopped watching, they were going to be getting real-time Nelson ratings and someone was going to walk up to Eli Manning and be like, we're down to (laughs) we're at 2.1 million instead of the usual 2.2 and he gets real nervous before he gets out there and he's like I have to earn back their respect and just starts nailing touchdowns and I was like yeah that's how logic works in my mind the football players are regularly told what the Nielsen ratings are as the game is currently and
0: going you just on happen, you just happen to be the fan who like it ticks down past <laughs> the round marker
1: like I'm, I don't have a Nielsen box but for some reason and mind they're watching to you. Watch. Yeah, they like Mr. Larius has stopped watching. Eli, you have to win.
0: It's um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I definitely understand that feeling, like because you get it's one of those sports superstition things where you think that something you do can act can possibly have some impact on the game. So, I mean, during the Bucks Super Bowl run, I had a Brad Johnson uh, Bucks jersey, and every single time I wore it, the Bucks won. So. And then once I stopped wearing it, well, you know what happened.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so you just stopped wearing it from my like 2005 to current?
0: Basically, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Except for the opening day of the follow-up season when they also won.
1: There you so, go. Fuck yeah. yeah.
0: So it was all my fault. I'm sorry, Tampa. That's why we had to go and spend a bajillion dollars to get Tom Brady. So
1: For a season that may not happen. Yeah. Anyway, Chris... Let's talk about Eden Zero. Nick, let's talk about Eden Zero. Chapter 88, Eye of God, with Pino's analysis of Rebecca, which her defining special trait is leg sexiness, which is at yes. five stars. So is it's called Pino's analysis. Yes. So is that Pino's opinion on Rebecca's legs? Or does Rebecca thinks her legs are five out of Rebecca- five sexy?
0: Rebecca's sexuality has been awakened by her time being around Rebecca I, Our penis sexuality has been,
1: I, 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 I there guess you go. so. I, all right, there you go. Uh, support yeah. robosexual equality. Come yeah, on. You're a can't write women. Uh, so, oh hey, we're introduced to Noah, the bad guy. You see, he's a really bad dude. We found out he's done several things, including selling Rebecca into slavery in the past. So they try to obviously fight him right off the bat because Shiki's like, fuck this guy. But turns out he's a hologram. The actual uh, Noah's body is over in Blue Garden. And they're like, hey, well, why are you doing here then? And he explains, he's like, so my special ether gear is to be able to see other people's locations. Yeah, it's That's the it. eye of God. Yeah, and he's like, I didn't think it was that useful because with so many like technological advancements, you could find out where people are relatively easily, actually. But apparently, my power transcends time itself, so I have been able to observe you as you jump back in time over and over again. I first noticed it about ten years ago. A girl who should have passed away in a car accident instead changed her location in time. Question.
0: So he can witness things that occur outside of time. So he knows where mother is, right?
1: Yeah, I guess if mother is
0: right? a person. right he, he, after the is over, they'll they'll ask him, So where's mother? Where can we find her? And they'll be like I don't know. my powers can't do that. So it's just, <laughs> I don't know how this is supposed to work to begin with because like he starts to explain it, and I'm like, okay, that's interesting. And then by the end of the explanation, I was like, that doesn't make sense why he was able to see this happening. <laughs> so uh,
1: yeah, so it explains her first jumping was back in that car accident that we saw in her backstory, which is actually a nice Word. touch. That's yeah. where it all happens that yes. he mentions, like, hey, She's been doing this sub- subconsciously. She never remembers it. And even after her life was threatened or the incident her life was lost, she's subconsciously been changing her location all this time. So the implication being that many of these adventures we've had mm-hmm. previously, there have been kind of bad endings where if you watch it, yeah. you're like, nope, Rebecca never got rescued from gilst where she was going to be turned into a statue for the rest of her life or something like yes. that.
0: Which is uh, honestly a cool touch. Uh, I I definitely appreciate that explanation more than just they've run into Dragon Joe 29 times before this. And each time it's turned out badly saying there have been 30 jumps throughout Rebecca's life is a bit more interesting. So yeah,
1: I think there's some, some interesting jumps and reading the story again, you would kind of almost be able to pick up like, I wonder if this is maybe something that changed. Mm -hmm. Like this is something that very easily couldn't have happened. Maybe the previous time, but something (laughs) like that. Uh, he says, this is the 30th time I call this world world number 30. I don't know. Maybe that sounds a lot I'm better in de- Japanese, de- 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 but that sounds horrendous the way. This is the 30th world. That's why I call it world number 30. No shit. Fuckface. Everyone would. He's so Rebecca's like, ah, so when I was called number 29, he's like, yes, you were. That was you. In world twenty nine, and somehow you're in world number thirty, which and you've retained your memories from the previous world, which means in world thirty, it's the only world in which Draken can be defeated. And everyone's like, "What the fuck does that mean?" And Rick is like, "Does that mean this is the last time I can use my power?" He's like, "Uh, I don't know. Now that you ask more specific questions, nobody really knows what
2: your power Listen, can do."
0: I have a very mysterious monologue to give hold your questions till the end of the lecture because I'm really bad at thinking of stuff on my feet. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's like, yeah, it's it's in this situation, uh, Draken. The, the situation between you has become more perilous than it was previously. Draken's goal is to obtain your power. And in World 29, you hadn't awakened your power, so he imprisoned you for seven days after Shiki's death. I don't really know to what end. He doesn't offer anything more, so he's like, oh, it seems kind of weird, but whatever. But now that those power have what has awakened, it means he's not going to imprison you. If he defeats you, your powers are forfeit. And if that happens, you won't be able to change your location in time. And Draken's world number two will begin. So it's like, oh, OK, we had to. We can't let him beat Rebecca or he gets the cat leaper powers.
0: Because in this case, he doesn't have to wait around for her powers to awaken. He'll just extract them right away if he captures yeah. her. So that makes sense. Yeah. So.
1: uh Weiss is like, how do you know everything that's going to happen in the future? And he's like, I guess because I could see everyone's places at time, I just kind of guessed and I guessed right. I'm very smart. And he's like, I've done some inexcusable things to all of you. It was I who sold Rebecca to Gilst and who sold her information to Draken but I did it for a reason. I did it I all did it to defeat Jack and Joe. And I'm like, what a stupid fucking reason. If they make this guy into like an anti-hero or a hero, this is the fucking most dumb garbage you can possibly do.
0: But look at how handsome he is, Chris. He can't be a bad guy.
1: <laughs> I hope, I really sincerely hope the character's like, no, fuck you. You're a scumbag. Why couldn't you have just talked to us directly? Be like, Hey, I think Rebecca could jump different places into time and that ability might be pretty useful at stopping the bad guys of the universe. It's like, well, that, I mean, who knows what time parallels I would change if I tried bringing that up to you. Then so why
0: are you telling us now?
1: <laughs> the time was right. <laughs> um, so we go over to the fight over on the planet. I forget what the name of Dragon Joe's satellite is. Uh, we're seeing different fights going on. Uh, Legrand? or Laguna, Laguna is his name, uh, is fighting against Sister or Witch, and he's like, it's not working very well. Yeah. I don't like fighting androids, because I can't use my signature move on someone who doesn't shed tears. And she's like, oh, but we do shed tears. After all, we have hearts. And I really want like his response to be like, no. I mean, like I'm not trying to undermine your humanity. I just mean, physically, you don't shed tears. That's mechanically how my power... Look, I'm not trying to take away your identity as a person. I'm just saying, mechanically, it's very frustrating. My entire build is useless against you.
0: Laguna's very conscious of uh, not, uh, you know, having... getting cancelled. So he's like, no, 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 listen, no. I I recognize that. I, I'm i woke.
1: I just...
0: I. I'm trying to turn you into water,
1: okay? <laughs> I did. I put a lot of points into this build, and it's fucking worthless against <laughs> robots, all right? It's all I'm saying. i maxed it to fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I do one thing really well, and it doesn't work against you people for some reason. Um, what do you mean, you
2: people? Oh, no, it works! <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> what am I doing?
1: Uh, hermit hacks one of Fire Dude's drones and shoots him. Um <sighs>
2: It's f-
1: the, f- the fucking whatever Dow, whatever does his little torture dance. Cause he's like, I've done <laughs> 60 days of no torture. And then sister kicks him in the balls and she's like 60 days. That's cute. And she has a 10 year coin for not torturing as a dominatrix. And she throws the coin at his butt. It's just, it's really bad. <laughs> Wasn't she like offline for a while? So, I think that's how she justifies it. Maybe, like, you just yesterday she got the coin She just, because, she just checked because, your mail
0: after being asleep for a while. I was like, oh, they sent me my 10 year
1: coins. Because literally, if we watch the fucking other world this took place in, she totally broke it and was torturing that slime girl. Like, that definitely happened. Yeah, she was regularly torturing Moscow. Yeah, I like, was like,
2: what do you mean? <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, so it's going to be, uh, Hamora against, the uh, wind girl, Sylph, and she's like, ah, I, I lost you twice previously, but I won't lose to you now that I'm Valkyrie, and, uh, it's like, alright, I wonder what she can do to kind of stop, uh, Sylph's very powerful ability to just suck everything up with her wind And it just doesn't work anymore without everyone mentioning it. You see,
0: I have a new type of armor, sword, uh, that lets me counter this exact fight.
1: So I guess she is... Oh, Hamura, your
0: hair is looking a little red right now. Uh, What's up with that?
1: (laughs) So, yeah, she creates winds, I guess, that swirl around her, which means Sylph's winds can't get in there to suck everything away and, and destroy her. Although... He says that
0: quick, she can cleave the wind with this dancing, with this sword dancing form. So, I guess she is stopping the wind. I I guess she's
1: cutting the wind. It's 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 not exactly Uh, clear. Can't be doing that. That's uh, that's someone else's thing. Yeah. Uh, And then someone says, "You want to defeat Draken, the guy who put Rebecca in all that danger?" And he says, "Is there a problem? You have to learn." You have yet to learn how truly terrifying Draken can be. We see Draken waking up in like a like a tube of water or something, or maybe just underwater. Maybe he's like, he might be drowning in that hot tub we first saw. Someone to pull him out. <laughs> it's like, he's like, oh, my eyes, my stand up, my, stand up. <laughs> my eyes suggest that I'm in control, but I'm secretly dying.
0: I'm up and down chapter. Uh, There are some parts of the explanation I like and Uh some that don't make any sense whatsoever. Uh, There are some fights that look like they're going to be interesting and some that do not. So, a mixed bag. That's really all I have to say about it. Yep. All right, Chris, let's move on to Mashal Magic and Muscles, Chapter 10, Mash, Van Dead, and the Potions Problem. So we get introduced to the four houses of Hogwarts in this chapter. The three dorms of Eastern Magic Academy, Adler, Orca, and Lang.
1: We could just uh, call them what they actually are, Gryffindor, Other One, and Slytherin.
0: You gotta choose between <laughs> Hufflepuff and Ravenclaw. You can't just have them be, both be one,
1: Chris. It's just, in this world, it's just whatever one exists that's not Gryffindor and Slytherin.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, everyone is divided into these different dormitories and, and class assignments and activities are grouped by them. It's the Hogwarts houses. So in the Adler dorm, uh, MASH has uh, two parts of a silver coin. And so the little triangular pie piece things, it turns out if you put them all together, that makes one gold coin. That's why they're shaped that way. Oh. It's like playing Trivial Pursuit.
1: Ah, and the coins, I presume, magically create the face on top of it. Otherwise, you're like, well, I have four pieces, but it doesn't look like a scale afterwards, so...
0: I hope... I I mean, I would assume that it would have to, because that would be very inconvenient. It would be very Maybe funny, though. It's like how, like, when you press your luck, but you reach a certain threshold, you can't go below that one. So... <laughs> so so mash is like all right i need five silver coins to make one gold coin that's five minus two just 28 left (laughs) (laughs) it's like you mean three and mash is like it's a trick question no that's just how math works
1: all right five minus two just 28 left you're like all right i forgot (laughs) it's not about working out (laughs) he's bad at everything (laughs) It's
0: just, the total level of wrongness is <laughs> such a simple problem. It's like, oh, Mash, you're lucky you're adorable. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it's like, ah, all right. Anyway, it's a good thing that I don't have anything going on today. Finn's like, yeah, it's nice and relaxing. No way we have homework.
1: <laughs> My favorite part is you can tell clearly how this punchline is going to go to like, isn't it nice that there's nothing going on? And then you see the both of them like the dot, dot, dot. And Finn's freaking out, but MASH is still like, oh, there is something to <laughs> Like, he's not also like, oh, we have homework to do. He's just like, oh, really? <laughs> like, okay. if he hadn't mentioned it, MASH definitely would have came to class. He like, would <laughs> not have Oops. done it. Absolutely not. <laughs> he forgot
0: about a meeting with a guy who said, meet me here, so... I guess if his friends aren't in danger, he just forgets everything. Anyway, he's just trying to get them to eat cream puffs and stuff. Finn's freaking out about what they're going to do. And hey, Lance shows up. And and so uh, that's like, oh, it's the sister complex guy. That is who he is. You're correct. So uh, Lance is like, listen up, you sliker slifer slackers. I mean, it's so anyway, he's like, you guys are going to ruin the dorm's reputation, so have some shame. And um, Mash just reaches out towards uh, Lance and I guess snatches his locket um, and then flips it open. And Lance sees the picture of his sister and he goes flying into the walls if he were punched really hard. We've got too many sister complex guys in Shonen Jump. Like,
1: I mean, at least this one... They're leaning into the joke a lot with it, like whereas like
0: he's not creeping on her constantly too. Yeah, so. they're also being like, "What a fucking sister, co- weird sister complex asshole you are." So, um, he starts to like die for for a little while, and Finn's like, "What the fuck is this guy doing?" And they and then uh, Lance says, "Okay, you guys are gonna need this for the assignment, Amandragora," and he basically. This version of a Mandragora is basically a radish with arm and leg roots and a very ugly face that screams a lot. Fortunately, it doesn't actually immediately paralyze them. Uh, and so he's like, you know, once you silence them, they're a really useful ingredient. And, and Mash is like, oh, no, we're going to have to use magic. Yes. Glance casts a spell to make the uh, Mandragora fall asleep. Uh... Finn has difficulty getting his to be quiet, uh, and Mash is like, Your center of gravity is off. You need core training. Here, give me your wand. And then you cast the spell, and the Mandragora starts to scream much louder. I don't know how that works, but okay. So Lance gives some, you know, t- uh, some instructions to Finn, and he manages to actually put hi- put his to sleep. And they're like, "See, even a slacker like you can do it." Thanks. How is Mash doing? Um, it's bigger for some reason. Um, and it's screaming louder and louder. And they're like, "Oh no, what's going? Look out!" And Mash fucking slaps it across the face. And uh, hey, it falls asleep. Good job, Mash.
1: <laughs> I, I do just love bump, and just oh, it's just gone.
0: <laughs> He's like, "I did it." <laughs> <laughs> uh lance gives some more some more instructions because they have to create a compound with the mandragora he chops it up like he's doing you know like he's a master chef basically um finn is intimidated about what what they've got to do Max is like got it does the exact same thing that lance does somehow it turns into a cream puff. i don't know how but it does so he's like, uh, so Lance has very little patience for this. He's like, all right, here, start like this. Okay. Now add this. Okay. Now stir. Okay. Now add this. Okay. And it somehow turns into a creep off.
2: <laughs> he's like, but I watched him do it from start to finish. How did this happen? When did it, it just turn into a?
1: <laughs> it's always, it always reminds me of this joke because Simpsons did it. Uh, where Homer's trying to make food for Mr. Burns, and he, everything keeps lying on fire, and eventually he just pours milk into cereal, and then catches like, fire, and fired like, hmm.
0: <laughs> so, Lance is like, uh, wow, you're only good at fighting. Man- Mash sa- agrees with him, and Lance warns him, next time I won't lose to you. There's a reason I need to join the Bureau of Magic. Uh, but he refuses to tell Mash what it is. He says, you found me to a draw and might have won. If you let some nobody steal those coins from you, there will be hell to pay. And Mash's like, well, that won't happen. And so Lance puts his headband back on. He's like, all right, let's 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 try again. Uh, but also Mash is like, why'd you take your headband off in order to tell me that? <laughs> but, oh no, oh, we cut to a dark and mysterious, ominous looking room where there's like A freaking upside down. Well, it's not upside down. It's a cross. It's a cross to let you know that they're evil. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Well, Uh, that's the only. Look, what else reason would you have to have a cross unless you're evil? I don't know. Checkmate atheists. (laughs) Wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I got it.
0: Uh, there's a guy who's got a weird creepy doll in his arm and he says the divine visionaries are the ones who mold the world and rule it. Tell me what trait should a ruler possess? And one of them says, be a Slytherin. Very good. In other words, no one from Adler is worthy of coins. We from Dorm are the true rulers. Now go and take back what's ours. Mash has made another cream puff, and uh, this guy who is leading everyone has three lines on his face, including two parallel ones, so I'm, the implication is that he is very strong.
1: I'm so. really looking forward to the point where we see an extremely powerful character base, like 90 lines across their face, and that's just the joke. It's just like,
2: oh, I can't see anything through my lines of power!
1: Which, hey, we very well Mel White get to that point, because Mashall has been doing extremely well in the rankings. That's great.
0: I'm glad to hear that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's actually at the point now where you're actually going to start seeing it reflected in where it shows up in the magazine. So, yeah. all right. Mission Yozakura family mission 30 shopping trip. Unlike that, what that time might imply. This is about a shopping trip.
1: <laughs> I love somebody's response to this, which is like, I don't know how fucking Tayo goes into a shopping mall and they're like, it's a spy shop, but he's like, this exists. And it's like, Motherfucker, <laughs> this has been your life for like the past eight months. Of course, it is. You can't keep
2: being shocked by this.
0: That's why Mutsumi actually loves him, is because he just never loses that childish naivete that she loves so much. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, you're so sweet and stupid. <laughs> uh, this is a joke chapter. I mean, it's, you know, them going about their lives. Oh, hey, look at the wacky spy stuff that exists in this world. It's not bad. I'll say that mostly because it involves the entire family as opposed to just making jokes about Kyoetro's sister complex. There is a little bit of that in here, but he only gets as much screen time or even less really than like all the other siblings. So it's 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 okay. There's just a bunch of jokes in this. It's not a very consequential chapter.
1: There's two things I want to know. One, I actually was kind of, when they first started to introduce the concept, I was like, you know, I actually would be kind of interested, since we keep going down this route, I do kind of want to see how the economy of a world that spies are just a common kind of thing functions. like. They like it would be, be kind of interesting to be like, well, spies need to buy things too, so they go into this mall and they have to like kind of secretly operate around and access these things instead of it just constantly being jokes about how that exists and Tayo's like flabbergasted by it. Mm-hmm. But two. I also really like when the gun guy's in the store and he has two guns and his sister's like, buy the one in your other hand. I know what you do. You always, 85% of the time, you're going to choose whatever's in your right-hand side. And then when you get home, there's 97% chances you're going to regret what you bought. So if you just get what's in your left hand, like now, you're going to, like, 99% chance you're just going to be right. And it's like, I kind of like that she's just adequately doing that. He's like,
2: oh, sweet, and runs
1: out <laughs> with his gun. <laughs>
0: And she's just like, you fucking idiot.
2: <laughs> uh,
0: eventually, there is a little bit of a plot that happens because there's a girl that's been separated from her father. Turns out, oh no, he owes some people money and stuff. Uh, they take her into the under underground part of the of the mall, and oh hey, Tio's there. So they're like, you've got a bounty. So he's got to fight his way out. But hey, the rest of the family is there to back him up because Kyo- and Kyoichiro is like, only I am allowed to torture him. But that's about the only thing that happens. And there's one last you know, big group shot of the entire family fighting off a bunch of thugs. And uh, when as they're leaving, the mall collapses and the entire mall is a, a floor shorter as a result because of that. And uh, that's the chapter. There is a cool shot that I really like at the very end when it shows them all collapsing because it shows the entire family in silhouette walking away with their uh, shopping bags in tow. It's a cool Mm -hmm. shot. So it was an all right chapter. Not a whole lot to talk about in it, though. So not a ton. Not like Zip Man. Zip, zip, zip. zip. 16 true feelings. Last time I was like, well, this series is going to be over this week. No, no, no. (laughs) <laughs> At least one more week. That's what you think, fools. Turns out there's way more plot than you thought would be covered that will take two or maybe even three chapters to cover instead of just one. I don't know. I, I haven't gotten word yet on if it's actually ending next week. It doesn't seem like there's a lot left to <laughs> yeah. so. this Um. So the... Uh, chairman tries to pull Koshiro's soul back into him, but is like, I'm not going to let that happen, attaches the zipper to his own suit, and ah, he starts experiencing uh, their childhood memories from Koshiro's perspective, and he also feels what Koshiro was feeling at that time as well, and why, what Koshiro has felt basically about their relationship with each other and uh, with uh, uh, Chi- Chirai? China. China. I got her confused with Dragon Ball Girl. So yeah. Um, and uh, so you know, like every time the Kaname tried to do something physical, Koshiro would fail. Uh, So Koshiro's like, I'm never going to be able to beat Kaname. And then that's when their paths diverged, uh, according to what Kaname says. But Koshiro says that's not how our that's our paths didn't diverge. And Kaname looks up, and Koshiro's there. I don't know if this is also a vision or what, but anyway, there, there's like a giant chairman behind him that like got cables winding around him and going into his stomach, and it's taking him over. And Kosher's Ko- like, I separated myself from you. And he tries to make Kikonami keep away, and he's like, before I lose all reasoning, listen to me. You saw my memories. You always said, I'm going to win and make China smile. But you beat me a long time ago, and then this happened to me, and we got to be Zip Man together, and I was really happy. I got to, I felt like I got to relive a path that I'd given up on. But after working together, I realized that you're the lead. I'm a supporting role, and I was completely happy that way. It was fun. I'm fine with that. The Jack Man that can make you smile is your Zip Man, Kaname, and so he's like, "I'm gonna, my soul's gonna be overwritten. So get away from me." Uh, You know, destroy my zipper or else, you know, white Zipman is going to kill China. So go save China and save the world. But Konami instead rushes into him and he's like, that's not what I'm about anymore. And he starts to pull on the zipper sticking out of Koshiro's uh, chest, which is like slowly unraveling. And he starts to yank it down. And he's like, listen to me. I was always competing against you until the day you disappeared. And I felt this frustration and sadness. It was confusing. But when you came back and we were Zipman together, I was happy too. When I lost you for a second time, I finally realized how I felt. It's not about who wins or Chena. Come back, Koshiro. Without you, it's not fun at all. And gasp the Zipman's collapse. But then... Uh, as the chairman, as the chairman sends more goons after China, uh, both Zipmans stand up and clasp hands and was like, hey, wake up, Konami. Uh, and then they're both facing off against the chairman together as the chairman unzips the entire building around his fortress and it turns into a huge, massive zip jack suit thing. And uh, the chairman declares, if I want the world to change, I'll have to do it myself.
1: And he uh, grabs the Infinity Gauntlet. You have to wait for Phase 3 to be over to actually see the Infinity War come together. That's right.
0: Sure. Um, <laughs> Kanama and Koshiro briefly bicker, but then they're like, all right, we're going back to our competition. We'll sell this after we kick the chairman's butt.
1: This is where some really cool music plays, like a Crush 40 song put a down 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 on the down 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 no On
2: oh, the black night da, da 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 da
1: no It's <laughs> <laughs> like i go to live and learn too often i need another song
2: uh 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 <laughs> <laughs> seven rings in hell but a bad something sand <laughs> <laughs> something GD, I think it was Arabian themed brush 40 didn't actually originally do the song it, they did a cover of it Sonic's <laughs> hedgehog but now he's a werewolf cause it's Sonic <laughs> oh, oh damn it
1: <laughs> We did uh fucking uh uh the fuck uh, Team Dark theme from Sonic Heroes.
2: We all dance in fire.
1: That one that one I don't know.
2: Trouble. <laughs> That's a good song. I am the egg man. <laughs> That's what I am. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa,
1: it's uh the pumpkin hell rap. <laughs> What's the line from that everyone pulls to?
0: Um my name is Knuckles, I'm like Sonic and Elden Chuckle
1: or uh, Pumpkin <laughs> Hill or <like> lyrics. <laughs> there's definitely like a line I feel like that always gets brought up.
0: Definitely a weird one in that one. I can't remember that song exactly though.
1: Uh uh well, yeah, there's the Great Emerald one. That, that one's a weird one. You know what? We'll listen to it later. We have manga to talk about, guys, including Question one fifty three, X Thumbelina Supercomputer Part Three: of We Never Learn. And hey, Nick, this one is actually relevant to the story. It only yeah, took. If it, it yeah.
0: happened, Chris, they started to slowly crank up the plot a little yeah, bit.
1: It only took until number three to get it going. Um. So we we go back to the Christmas chapter, and we get some new things where. Yui, uh, Ogata's like, hey, Yui, go, will you play a game with me? And then we're at a beach Udon shop. I don't really know why, but we are. Um, and there's a bunch of jokes. Uh, it's worth noting this is the first time we actually see any of the other girls because Fumino also is working there, as well as Asumi. At least I thought Asumi was here. No, I guess it's just Fumino. Never mind. I started making up characters. The ghost girl's following them, though. Um, There's a moment where Ogata's like, Hey, there's supposed to be a rock around here. It looks like rabbit ears. You know, would you want to go see it together? Just the two of us? And Uega's like, uh... And then the ghost tries to pull off her bikini top because the ghost feels jealous and is tired of them flirting. So Uega has to, like, grab the ghost and then run away and can't really answer the question. So... Cut over. Are you talking about, were you talking about Fist Metal Crack'em? No, I just remember. I just remember there being some really weird. I, You're I can't
0: to narrow it down because there's so many weird ones in all of those songs.
1: Yeah, I know. I'm gonna have to listen to it later, and I'm sure I'm gonna find it. Um. Yeah, hold on. I got lost now. <laughs> anyway, Femino and Ogata are talking, and she's like, "Hey, uh, are you?" You guys having challenges at college or something? She's like, oh, you know, it's, yeah, like the, the astronomy classes are great, but uh never mind about that. How are things between you and Uwega these days? It's like, you know, it's, it seems like you're being pretty flirty. So I was wondering, are you guys dating? And she has a little, she has like a little blushing. So presumably in this timeline, Fumino still has feelings. She's just never admitted them. Which is a little sad when you think about it, because you're like, oh, God, Firmino's been holding this in for like two years now. Oh, God, this is just going to erupt in her therapy one day, like six years <laughs> down the line from this.
0: Yeah, I guess the t- the timeline diverging uh, as far back as it did. Yeah, you do have to question how much character development got undone with yeah. uh, the characters. So, yeah.
1: So, Ogata's like, we're just playing a game. And then she walks off and the ghost girl's following her because she has to kind of be tethered to somebody who lives at the apartment. And Ogata's thinking to herself like, a few minutes ago, did he dodge my invitation? I shouldn't read too much into this. This is just a game. And to go back to that Christmas where after they've cleaned up, uh, Uega's like, yeah, you know, it's really fun playing your grandmother's game, and even though we should probably be studying for exams. And she's like, you know what? I think I like him. Like, I think I actually really like him. And she's like, Hey, what do you think it means for a couple to be intertwined by fate? Because this is the more relevant thing that she was the fireworks girl. So now that kind of changes the context because we never knew who it was. Now we could be like, all right, so that Christmas scene happens under the impression that both of them have recognized, Hey, we held hands during the fireworks ceremony when there was that big urban legend that, you know, two people are doing that when it happens. They'll be intertwined. So I do kind of like the way this is presenting, where it expands upon that scene by being like, "Hey, because this truth is now out there, this changes this." So he's like, "Well, you know, it means they become a couple and they get romantic and stuff." But you know, are you, are you talk about that whole superstition at the school. You know, it's just it's just a legend. So Okata hugs onto him. And she's like, "Oh, you mean like this?" And he's like, "Oh, but I told you, don't do this stuff if you're curious." And she says, well, I guess he just doesn't see me that way. For now. It almost like it's almost like evil, like for I now. How
0: Uega.
1: She's like, I broke Uega's phone the day to Uruka was headed toward the airport. So she couldn't contact him to express her feelings.
0: And then as the plane was taking off, it was such a shame the way that the fuel line had been
1: cut. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps they'll find her. Swimming as she always liked to do in the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> like, Oh my God!
0: When Asumi finally got into that nursing school, who could have predicted that the virus in the ho- had been released in the hospital she worked in?
1: <laughs> and who would have ever thought, ironically, Kurosu Sensei would be pushed in front of a tractor trailer? <laughs> kill- <laughs> like that one, have,
0: <laughs> the, the, the curious Sensei would fall on my knife five times.
2: Would get shot six times in the heart by me.
0: Oh my God, Fumino's in danger. Not I like her. She's cool.
1: Yeah. Me and her, we tight. We ain't.
0: We're tries to get in touch to get close
2: to him.
1: I'll cut her tits off and make jello out of them. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Uh, So she's like, hey, what's wrong with being curious? Why don't you play a game with me? And then she says, if you win, then we prove that the jinx is a superstition. But if we can't prove it and you really fall in love with me, then I win. And Uwega's like, uh, why would you joke around like this? (laughs) Like, that seems kind of weird. Or do you have, like, feelings for me? And she's like, I'm just purely curious. You told me once that you'd always be willing to play a game with me. He's like, oh, I kind of didn't mean it like this. And she says, are you afraid of losing? So he's like, all right, you're on. And I'll teach you something about pure, decent, romantic relationships. I mean, not that I'm an expert. And that's how we kind of got started into all of this.
0: It's bizarre. Um... I don't know how I feel about this yet. Uh, on the one hand, this seems very obtuse and ass-backwards. Uh, I will say that, I mean, because it's Ogata doing this, I, it's not out of character for her to take this weird approach. It's weird that Yuiga is so willing to go along with it. Um, and I do get the sense that this is just the only thing that Susui could think of to actually get these two to hook up was, well, what if they tried fake dating and then decided they liked
1: it? Yeah. So, <laughs> so it is kind of weird that Ogata's storyline seems to be contingent on the idea that she has to convince Uega to like want to fall in love with her, basically. So how did Uega
0: and Ogata start dating? Well, they started dating. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and uh, eventually they were like, I guess this is cool. And they kept doing it. Um, so she's like, hmm, I don't really know what we are to each other right now. As uh, Ogata gets to the bunny ear thing. And she's like, oh, I just ended up coming here alone. Just wandering around lost in thought. That's kind of depressing. And then you is there and he's like, what am I doing here? You're the one who's late. You told me you wanted me to come out here. So, you know. I came out here and Fumino said that she was worried about you, that she seemed kind of down. So wanted to see if you're okay. And she's very excited. She's like, I'm super okay. Beyond a picometer of a doubt. And somewhere out in the distance, you see one millimeter. You be like, bitch
2: stole my gimmick. (laughs) (laughs) I'll sink her into acid. (laughs) (laughs) Like the hero I am.
1: So she's like, all right, we're going to enjoy this rabbit ear rock, even if it takes all night, which is an insane thing. Look, I appreciate modern, like natural landmarks as much as anyone uh, rock shaped like a bunny head. I don't know how that's going to entertain me enough for all night.
0: But- hey, that that rock's sh- shaped like a bunny head. Yes, it is.
1: All right. Let's keep going. <laughs> There's a stand that sells hot dogs with French fries on them. Let's run to it before it closes. That's more interesting than the bunny hat to me. Uh, but they're like, hey, you know what? It's probably a, little, probably a little too much for me to suggest it all night. But that's when they realize, uh-oh, the place where the bunny head rabbit is, is inaccessible during high tide. They're trapped on that island. Okay, two
0: things. One, how they not notice that uh, high tide was coming in? Because that happened really quickly. Because one of them had to have just arrived at the rock. Mm-hmm. It's not a very big rock. And two, uh, Yuiga's already been in this situation before, stuck on an island with someone. So
1: was it Ogata?
0: No, I think oh, it was no. Kirisu.
1: Yeah, I know. So. It's like, uh oh, then this this really seems awkward. That'd be great if he ends up falling for Kirisu in the Ogata. <laughs> <then> she's just <laughs> he's just like,
0: man, you know what this reminds me of? When Kirisu says that, and I were stuck here, <laughs> she was really hot in her <laughs> swimsuit. <search."
1: laughs> But uh, As Ogata's like, did I mention that my booze got even bigger? He's like, yeah, yeah, whatever, cow tits. Could you build me a tent so I can whack off to my feelings of Kiritzu? <laughs> or whatever. Just turn around, I guess.
0: And take the ghost girl with you. <laughs> There's like- a ghost here! <laughs> she like falls off the rock and drowns and Yuga's like, ah, finally alone. <laughs> Good. I won't need that tent after
1: all. <laughs> Hey, that's
2: one way anyway, to get rid of it. Anyway, best series of show <laughs> <genre. laughs> jump.
1: That's one way to get rid of that ghost.
0: <laughs> Alright. Let's move on to Dr. Stone. It's time to get stoned. It is. Chapter Z equals 145. Bar Francois. Uh so. Ryu declares that uh they're going to just basically flat out open, like casino on the perseus uh to keep the crew entertained uh and he justifies this by saying if we're going to cut our travel time we need to you know keep the crew's you know uh lifestyle up we need to have recreation and everything uh, and uh, so this will cut off about you know uh, if we give them more rations, that'll cut off t- 10 days of travel, and this will cut off another 10. So we've got to find something that will eliminate the final 10 days in order to keep our schedule. Of course, it makes sense that they get to increase the rations because there's less travel time to worry about. So so Senku says, with food and fun taken care of, all that's left is drinks. And Francois has a bar set up. Okay. um. And so it was like, we get booze. And so he goes like, I can't drink alcohol. Oh, but Francoise says, I intend to primarily focus on virgin cocktails and I intend to craft a personalized cocktail for every guest. Um, so they start off by having to actually create uh gum syrup uh, in order to make the drinks. So we get a, the process of that there's a very very disturbing reaction image uh when gen and uh, Kaseki and chrome are like why are you making, mixing toxic into this thing we're gonna drink and gen's tongue sticks all the way out and pokes senku in the eye it's very gross six feet six feet separation man come on
1: yeah come on dr stone get with the social dr. distance stone. dr stone i'm sorry. <laughs> nick this isn't tea this is just hard liquor it's, a, <laughs> it's been a tough april fool's
2: day <laughs>
0: uh, basically Senku was like yeah would you put all these poison things together they actually need something that's completely harmless and it's very sweet to drink so hooray uh they mix it's basically not a completely uh the exact same thing that is actually used in order to make uh these beverages but it's something very similar to it anyway uh i
1: do love like the one message that's like don't try this at home you could die (laughs) basically
0: francois makes a beverage for suica which includes a little piece of cucumber in the shape of her helmet which is very cute uh suica starts to drink it then francois like hey Haven't you ever read bartender once you've drunk half of it, take that little uh, imitation of your helmet and put it in the glass and it changes the flavor. It makes it taste like watermelons. How cute. They go through this stuff for a number of characters. Uh, There's one for uh, Tsukasa. There's one for Kohaku. There's one for Gen. uh, And I'm not going to go through all of them. It's just like, this is why this fits their personality read the chapter if you're curious uh and uh afterwards uh seku's uh
2: you know i'll I'll, I'll say
1: this a lot of them sound really good and there was one where they even open it with like oh we have a bunch of chai syrup and i was like "Ooh, i'm gonna really like this one and it's for gen's spicy cola drink and i was like that sounds awful he drinks he's (laughs) like
2: yo that's hot cola for adults
1: and i was like regular cola not for adults you're just like I like drinking mixed drinks but I don't want that baby Coca-Cola in my drink that's for children and babies
0: there is also a running gag going through them a, a little bit as Yo is witnessing this and time as time keeps going by and all these virgin cocktails are getting made he's just like there's no booze here
2: <laughs> no booze <laughs> booze
0: <laughs> um and then Kaku is like, "Oh wow! Imagine coming up with all these in- drinks from natural ingredients." And Senku says, "Well, everything that exists in this world is a natural ingredient." Uki is like, "Yeah, every cocktail fits his guests perfectly, almost too perfectly, like pieces falling into place." Thanks to the poker game, the casino is a roaring success, and the crew gets this bar as another fringe benefit, as if to imply that now we can weather the harsh voyage. Whether it was Ryusuke or Senku who won the game, I have a feeling we would have arrived at the same outcome. So, hey, I am Mukyo. Uh, this is why I am one of the smarter characters. It doesn't get actually utilized very often, but I kind of know what was going on here. So, uh. and then Gen's like, you're overthinking it, hush. So, uh, but then Gen says, I was giving it mile in the poker game. It would have been exciting otherwise. So my loss was a bit frustrating Senku. So there's kind of a little bit of a of a kind of quiet rivalry sort of simmering here. Uh, one sided on Gin's part, it seems like. And then there's a one page spread of Senku for some reason. Gin wants that ass, I guess. Anyway, Uh Francois presents Senku with his cocktail, the three-layer tea latte. Uh, And uh, Francois justifies this by saying it represents the layered, cumulative nature of science. And Senku's like, it's all going in my mouth. Why don't I just mix it together? Francois's like, ah, you pleb. Uh, (laughs) Should you choose to blend them beautifully, then those layers of scientific achievement will combine to become an ever-so-slightly-sweet latte.
2: There's no it. <laughs> <thing. laughs>
1: so I mentioned on Twitter that I was like, "There's two really, really good chapters this week. We already talked about one, and then we're gonna be talking about the other one right after this." Uh, but that said, there's a real chance I may still give my chapter of the week to Doctor Stone this week because I don't know why. I just, yet. I just really love the goofy "everyone gets a cocktail" chapter. Like I don't, I just it hits the right notes. Like I like that it's a chapter that shows off Francois and their ability to kind of like analyze the crew and see what they want. Yeah. And I do like these stupid mixed drinks, and I don't know. It just it works for me in a level that it probably shouldn't. But I was like, fuck, I love it. I want to see everyone's mixed drinks. Maybe it's also just that I'm stuck at home and I'm sitting here like. Maybe I could mix together Grenadine and Tonic. I hate Tonic, but maybe...
0: <laughs> I do think it's nice to get this, you know, a little bit of a... It's kind of like a just a bonus thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the kind of thing you would release in like a character book. Like, you know, you, you've got, you know, a thing that you can make for each of the characters, that kind of thing. Uh, and I do think it also really reflects um, how established and distinct the characters in the cast are that you look at a number of them are just like yeah that makes perfect sense to me why it's that way um you know sukasa has got this really classy thing uh suika's got a very sweet drink with a cute little decoration on it and stuff and then there's gen's weird spicy cola it's (laughs) like why would you ever have a spicy soda
1: spicy (laughs) cola just sounds so bad
0: oh man we're so sophisticated and refined chris Mm
1: uh-huh As, All I, right. as I'm drinking tea that's gotten cold, and I'm like, I guess I'll just push it down at this point.
0: I'm from the South. That's how you're supposed to drink tea.
1: Yeah, like iced or something like that. Not <clears throat> hot tea that's just gotten cold. lukewarm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> ah, room temperature tea. A
1: specialty. <laughs> mm, room temperature backwater tea. Backwash <laughs> tea, my favorite. Maybe I'll mix it in with a little uh, wood cleaner as well.
0: <laughs> uh, hang on, it's not quite the right balance. Uh, let me go get the, uh, the the bartender to spit in this, and then I'll be ready for you.
1: Yeah. As I'm like, though they have only one drink, I can get give me a Jersey Turnpike, which infamously is a drink where the bartender just wipes the counter down and then squeezes it into a glass. <laughs> All right, hey, Ch- oh
0: man chapter nintendo 64 welcome to hell
1: why don't we do that every time it's a chapter 64
0: i didn't think of it until now we'll have to keep it in mind from now
1: on i guess everyone scream at us to do that also nick your arm count's going up a lot this week yeah yeah it is (laughs)
0: This is a good reason we picked up Chainsaw Man, even if it wasn't, even if it hadn't gotten really good right when we did. Okay, so, um, they're in hell now. There are doors all across the sky. There are fucking fingers littered all over the ground. There's a bathtub there. There's a bathtub there. (laughs) Uh, and literally everyone that was in the building is is there as well. Um, Denji is still being up from getting, you know, crucified. So uh, they lean over him. Uh, I think it's. I guess it's Aki who does this. Yes, yeah, yeah, because yeah, uh, the bodyguard who looks kind of like him is outside the building. Right. Uh, he pulls on Denji's cord and the chainsaw blade emerges about half a foot from his head and then stops. And then he just kind of rides the ground going.
2: Oh!
0: Uh, so Chi recognizes that he's not fully turning into a chainsaw man, which she thinks is because he doesn't have enough blood. But she recognizes after Aki is staring her down that hey, let's call a truce because something's wrong with the fiends. And uh, her two girlfriends who came inside and Power are all really freaking out, uh, as is the violence devil. So Aki's like, hey, angel devil, what the fuck is this? And angel devil's like. We are so fucked. <laughs> We're in hell. We've been cast into hell by a devil's power. And then she's like, There is
2: a chainsaw blade sticking out of my head and it hurts.
0: So Tuan Chi turns to her two girlfriends that are with them. Their names are Long and Pingxi. I don't know which is which. Presumably Long is the one who speaks first, I guess. Uh so Pingxi, which is the uh, head on a ponytail girl. Uh, says that she feels like she's losing her mind. We're being watched by a dangerous devil. Far beyond here, devil's far, far more dangerous than some gun devil. They're the transcendent devils who have never once experienced death. The devils with the names of the primal fears are watching us. The very instant we draw their hostility will die. So she asks for She said if she can kill herself. And she's like... No, I'm gonna get us out of this, and she's gonna be like, "Ah,
2: we're gonna die," Uh,
0: because she's like, "It's here, the darkness devil." And one of the doors in the sky opens up. A shadow descends to the ground, and it as it approaches them. (sighs) I'm sorry,
2: this is just really weird. Okay.
0: It's not that there are corpses with their legs cut off, uh, lined up in directly in front of it. It's that they are corpses that are praying lined up in parallel with their legs standing up out of the ground across from them. And they're all dressed as
1: astronauts. It's
2: pretty fucking
1: metal. So, yeah! <laughs> like I was like, man, this series is going to make so many cool metal album covers one day. <laughs> uh,
0: so Aki and the others are all
1: standing uh, waiting for this godly I also love, Aki draws his sword, uh, you can mm-hmm. see that like Kwanzi's doing something, and then the dude behind Aki's like, I'm going to punch this dude out of his darkness still out if he gets up to me. Like It doesn't look like he has special hands or anything like that, so I really want this dude to come up and be like, I have no devil, but I punched a mean right punch. hook.
0: <laughs> <laughs> There's just like a devil hunter who's just like, he throws one punch. It's always the same punch, and it's always like a really weird punch. Like, it's not like a jab or a snap jab or a hook or an uppercut. It's just like, you know, The punch thrown by someone who doesn't know how to throw a punch. (laughs) And yet it always defeats the devil. He punches
2: (laughs) it. Oh, punch to the jaw, my one weakness. Damn it. His martial art has no form.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So they're lining up ready for this darkness devil to attack them. A frog croaks. I don't know why a frog croaks, but a frog croaks. It goes ribbit and then the darkness devil is standing among them and all of their arms have (laughs) flown off and are now in the sky hovering in a circle around him as he stands there looking all proud with his body made of other things bodies
1: uh we've had a couple people tweet us that if you read the arms in the sky it kind of spells makima you kind of have to trace it to like make it make full Mm. sense if you check our Twitter mentions, someone's shown a little bit more. It's not exactly enough that I'd be like, yeah, definitely it spells it. But it's close enough that it doesn't feel like that's not what it's going for. It
0: could be that. I'll give you that. I do have to kind of squint to see it, but yeah. Yeah. So everyone's arms have flown off, and they're not even, like, in pain or anything. They're just like, my arms are gone. <laughs> I kind of feel like I needed those. So, what was his face? The um, tra tra tra, try um, the master's apprentice from the previous chapter. I oh. forget his. It
2: begins
0: with a T, doesn't
1: it? Yeah, Troka or something like yeah. Tol- Tulsa, Tulsa. Nah, nah. I thought Tolka. I had. It. Tolka. Tolka.
0: That was it. Anyway, he also with his arms missing, kneels before the darkness devil and declares, I am the doll devil. I've brought you Chainsaw's heart as per the contract. Please give me the power to kill Makima. And everyone's watching this and is like, holy fuck, what's going on? We get a flashback to the grandfather's uh, requests to the government for performing the contract as uh, Santa Claus's requests. And after requesting it, there was a note sitting on the bench after the guy left. And he reads it and it says something in German "Machima kann dies Der Tag ist untergangs. Ich nach tot I
1: think, from what I understand, some people have like kind of roughly translated and it's something like Machina can. Makima can hear you the day of reckoning is near kill makima something, something along those general lines it
0: definitely says makima yeah. twice so um so this woman who was toka's master uh is resting on one of the dolls outside and a hand appears in front of her, emerging from the pa- the frame the same way that the finger appeared in the late, last chapter. And it's holding a glob of darkness between its finger and thumb. It offers her it to her. She says, a piece of the darkness devil's flesh. And she takes it in her mouth and swallows it. And that is the end of the chapter. So shit's getting real. So this was really good. Uh, I will say.
1: Yeah, it's very crazy. The art's incredible. It's cool to see one of these primordial demons then based on one of the primordial fears. And I'd be kind of curious because I mentioned like they're based off the primordial fears. Have demons gotten stronger since like humanity's kind of evolved? Like they're like, yes, there were other fears like darkness and sickness and etc., Uh, Now, ordering pizza by the phone has also gotten extremely powerful. I guess people choose to do it online. They just don't like interact with people over the phone. It's a little intimidating. (laughs) Shaking hands demon got a lot stronger recently. (laughs) Uh, All right, Nick. Let's talk about it. Seven Deadly Sins, Chapter 346 like it, that sky. It's actually over this time. Yeah, kind maybe. mostly. Mostly. <laughs> the final chapter and it's a big color spread. You get to see all the characters and you can even see little Escanor on like a, a pillar by himself illuminating a beam of light.
0: He okay. went to heaven. Mhm.
1: So we open the chapter with Tristan, the son of Melo- uh, Meliodas and Elizabeth and yeah, I guess if you told me to create a character who was the son of the two of those characters, that's probably what I'd create. It has he actually
0: looks disturbing to me because of the traits that he shares with the two of them.
1: He basically took a little bit of all of their stuff. Like he has Elizabeth's two different eye colors. I forget the like the, the medical girl, term. Yeah. There you go. But I think one of the eyes is still Melodious's eyes. I. I I mean, I guess he's on the, the previous page. I guess I got to uh, check. Melodias,
0: yeah. The green eyes. So yeah, yeah. Say, so
1: yeah, he took one of Mel- uh, Meliodas' eyes, and he has Elizabeth's hair color. And nose. But has also kind of got Melodias's, like hair, but then has Elizabeth's long hair after you get past like the messy fringe top hair. It's,
0: it's disturbing to me, because their traits should not go
2: together, basically. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's a little odd. Anyway, Tristan is running around saying, Hey guys, the seven deadly sins are gonna return. I just found out about them. They're the bad guys. They're gonna attack the castle. It's gonna be this whole thing. They're coming tonight, and I I'm gonna stop them. And I, as the prince, nay, a holy knight who will protect the love the kingdom in peace, I have an obligation to capture them. And everyone's like, Yeah, I'm gonna go home. See you later. <laughs> And uh, it's Tristan's like, oh, all right, well, it looks like I'm the only one I can count on. I'll capture the seven deadly sins if I have to do it myself. And Elizabeth's like, where the fuck you been? I mean, she says a lot nicer, but she's like, where oh, the fuck, get back here. And he's like, oh, if you were looking at me, you, you, you know, it means those sinners know about me. And she's like, what do you mean, si- oh, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I, they know about you. He's like, oh, no,
2: they found out about my secret. Ah, oh, they're here. The seven
1: deadly sins. And uh, it's kind of interesting. Nothing's really changed in all the sins. None of them have gotten older. (laughs) All of them look exactly the same. Um, they all basically spend different turns doting on Tristan and be like, oh, he looks so cute. Oh, he's so cool. Wow, he's so strong, Etc. 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 He's like, no, I know all about you. You, and my father, were sinners who were exiled from the kingdom, and you, you've come tonight to stage a coup d'etat. And you know what? I have Hendrickson and Hauser uh, backing me up. He calls them hindi sand and hauser sand, which is a little adorable. He's like, so you're not going to be able to stop me. And Bond's just like, wait, did you? Did you tell your kid that this is? Like, did you not tell him what's happening? And he's like, "Nope." And like, I <laughs> like, Bond's like, "I should have done that to my kid too." Because <laughs> <laughs> Melodius acts like a villain. He's like, "Ah, you figured us out, then? Well, if you know, then we can't let you live." He's like, "No, my father. He's truly a villain." And then they're like, "Well, there's actually kind of an interesting. I, I, I have to presume it's intentional." Cause he's like, I won't ever hand uh, Leonis over to the likes of you. We you know, I'm I'm gonna be a holy knight who does this. is like, a oh, holy knight. And they're surrounded by basically the 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 demon sin of wraths like sigil, like the tattoo Melodius has. Yes. I was like, is that unintentional that that's there? Or did it get, like, I was like, I don't really know what that means. I, I guess it's just a way to be like, hey, that's there. But then, boom, fireworks go off. And, hey, this is actually a big, giant birthday party for Prince Tristan. It's his uh, 10th birthday party. It's very, he very He forgot strange. about it because he's a stupid, easily distracted little kid. Yep, basically. Uh, and everyone's like, happy birthday. Nope, if your old man really, villain, no one would love him like they do because they love him. And he's great. And is like, here's a birthday present for you. The entirety of the story of the Seven Deadly Sins zip. And he's like, whoa, that was really cool. Kind of slow in the middle. And the three false finishes was a little unnecessary.
2: But wow, some real high points. <laughs> he did start critiquing he just starts,
0: it. He just starts his own podcast.
2: <laughs> Screw
0: being a holy knight. It's easier to criticize other people's work.
1: <laughs> Write something of my own. Fuck that. <laughs> then I have to hold myself to my own standards. Uh, and he's like, whoa, holy crap. You guys had such a cool adventure. Now I love my dad. He's the super coolest. And Melodius takes him out and is like, yep, your future is ever expanding, just like that sky. And he's like, do I still have to become king? He's like, well, you can become something else if you want to. And he's like, really? Like, yeah, you could even become a holy knight. He's like, then I've decided I'm going to become one of the seven deadly sins. And then him and Melodias walk out, staring up at the sky, and it says, the seven deadly sins, the end in the corner. Right,
0: so, seven deadly sins, we already know, is, like, getting some sort of sequel or spinoff yes. or something like that. I don't so-
1: know yet if um uh Suzuki is attached to actually work on it at all, like, or, like, mm-hmm. in, like... A major way, not in like the Boruto still technically has Kishimoto's influence kind of way. So I don't know what exactly that's going to look like.
0: Yeah. In terms of like the manga that we have seen come to their conclusion, this definitely feels more like, you know, Naruto's ending Mm. uh, than the others. Um, But, you know, there's nothing in it really that makes me go, well, that's weird. Um, because yeah. there's not a whole lot going on in it but there is enough that makes you feel like yeah okay you know this is you know, the end of the story and everyone who's still alive got a happy ending and everything kind of you know got wrapped up uh, but life goes on and here's this kid who makes enough of an impression that you're like alright I could see you know a story following this guy um and you know he's not like weirdly creepy like you should go into Orihime's kid um I like the you know, kind of this he's he also I do also like he feels like a kid, you know, he's got this bizarre imagination and uh he jumps to wrong conclusions and stuff and they're just kind of humoring him and, and stuff like that. Uh but also when he learns the truth, he's like, Oh, you know, that's something to be admired and it's something that he wants to, you know, live up to. Uh but yeah, it's it's really weird after the huge finishes that we had that then the manga kept going to then have this one and be like, yeah, it's over now. Yeah, um,
1: you really, you <laughs> so, really, I kept waiting for a rock to fall and crush the kid or something like that.
0: You know, sometimes, you know, after you've had three kickouts, you know, just doing another F5 is, you know, it doesn't feel like it should be the end there. It feels like there should be something special at the end, but it was still OK.
1: Yeah I mean like in comparison to the other ones one of the nice things is several times now we've had these false finishes where they've looked like they've been wrapping things up and enough of those have kind of set a precedence that there really wasn't like like we didn't have one of those things where it's just like Chad becomes a boxer because we've kind of established what most characters are going to do before this and the plus side is that which
0: are all very you know very straightforward simple right. easy to expect so
1: <laughs> so like and plus a lot of that all happened previously like last chapter was the one to close out what our characters are going to do going forward and then this yeah. one was like and then the adventure continues as opposed to like the bleach chapter's ending which combined the two of them into one chapter basically yeah
0: um, or the, to a chapter where it's like look at where everyone is and yeah This one is just like, well, we already said what they were doing, so. Yeah.
1: And there's enough stuff that you're like, oh, like, we could just think about, like, you don't have to be like, hey, I wonder what's going on with Hawk in Purgatory and things like that. You just kind of let that sit there and be like, all right, we got our endings for those things. You know, Hmm. Escanor never came back. You know, uh, there's like, uh, 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 not Merlin. Arthur is going to be the king of this chaos and he's just going to have to be a noble king for Britannia going for like there's stuff that's just like okay cool it's that's done we're gonna leave it at that so it
0: is interesting that Merlin never, does not show up uh, in this chapter mm-hmm. so
1: yeah uh, I'll be curious to see what the sequel series that they decide to do it kind of looks like I was actually really surprised we didn't see Bon and Elaine's kid at all. Because Elaine mm-hmm. doesn't show up, so presumably she's she's staying over to watch the kid while Bon goes and tend this big ceremony, but like they also bring up that uh Diane and King have had a kid. Yep. And we don't see that kid either. No. Nope. So it's kind of interesting to be like
0: This is just Tristan's chapter. There's yeah. no Lancelot and there's no Diane and King's kid. So, so
1: it's interesting we don't see them, but maybe that's a good thing. Like we didn't have to overindulge this chapter with a ton of right. designs or it's like that. You don't, don't
0: have to that. be like, and then the, and then these two had a kid and then these two had a kid and there's, here is their child now. Cause I mean, we both really enjoyed going through that final Naruto chapter, but there was a lot in it and you would not have been able to have, you know, just the very simple payoff of like, Hey, this is, you know, uh, Amelia Elizabeth's kid. They're imaginative and kind of stupid, but they've got a good heart. And then, you know, get used to them because presumably the spinoff is going to feature them as a prominent character, if not as the protagonist. So Uh,
1: so I I do like it. I think probably the same reason we're not talking about this as much as other series that have ended is one. We don't have as much attachment to Seven Deadly Sins as necessarily we had with Naruto or Bleach. But also, too, as we've mentioned, Seven Deadly Sins has ended like three times to this point. So... It's kind of hard to have those same feelings when you're like, oh, we kind of we did this already.
0: Remember when we thought it was gonna end last year? Oh, how naive we were. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
1: Nick, let's talk about the best chapter of the week.
0: The Promised Neverland. Chapter 173, Prisoners. So Oh, feel bad for Ratchi, guys. Feel bad for Peter Ratchi, because he always looked up to his big brother, who was the leader of the Ratchi clan ahead of him. Oh, what a hero he was. I loved him more than anything in the world. He was kind and smart, handsome, sincere, and refined. I respect him more than father, mother, or any great person from any era or country. I believe that I was to support him for the rest of my life, that I was born to do so. If only he hadn't found that document, an old confession that was hidden for 700 years, the regrets of the first leader, Julius. It was the truth of how the clan came to be the opposite of the heroic tale that we were taught and rachi's brother was like how could we be doing this my brother changed that day hesitation and guilt arose in him but i didn't understand in fact i thought how wonderful and he was like julius didn't do anything wrong we're the clan that protects the world he pushed aside personal feelings to save the world it was a wise decision and he protected the world even if it meant he betrayed his comrades that is what makes a hero a clan that carries out a noble mission it's wonderful and his brother was like no This is punishment and a curse, Peter. And Peter's like, no, brother, stop. Don't put the world in danger. You're wrong. Our clan is correct. The children are a necessary sacrifice for this world. I have to stop him. What do I do? Protect the world. Like Julius, my brother is a traitor. Eliminate him. And the body, we found him. And they find his body after after Peter has ordered him killed. After years have passed, it definitely looks like. What was he like at the end? He was smiling, and he, by the way, I'm here too. I'm a human, uh, I guess. Anyway, he was smiling, and he told us to tell you I'm sorry. And Peter, oh, he grabs his brother's corpse and cries over it. I promise I'll carry out the mission for your sake, brother, no matter how much it hurts, no matter how warped the world may be. And now Emma's here in front of him telling him, let's be free. And Peter's like, I was burdened, a prisoner, all this time by the fate of being in this clan? Yeah, that's what your brother said like 20 years ago to you. Yes, that's... Yes. No, it's a noble mission. We're an honorable clan. This mission isn't punishment. It's not a curse. And so he's like, no, I've done the right thing the whole time. And so emma's still extending her hand to him and she's like was my father fighting back sorry brother fighting back is his destiny did he want to be free did he want to free me and he just gets this weird look on his face and he's like you should just kill me but you say you want to live together you're fools that's why you're meant to be eaten the demons aren't so bad (laughs) it's not so bad (laughs) Anyway, what they've been doing to you are things that humans have done to each other since long ago. You know how humans always eat each other, yeah. Anyway,
1: well, here's the thing. So we brought up last week how when they did like this big scene of like all the things currently going on in real life that it really didn't work. I thought this one was a better way of kind of doing it because they it don't. Had to be. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's hard to really aim lower, but the idea of like trying to say like, hey if this is argument, he's like, the demons aren't so bad, because even when you consider it, humans have been doing just as awful things since long ago. And again, you're like, I, this doesn't take place in our reality, but I'll propose on top of it that this exists in a world where oh, similar things have been done. And in that yeah. way, you could be like, yeah, there are awful things that have been committed throughout history that humans have done to each other. Um, so there's there's an argument there that I can at least be like, it's something. It's not perfect, but it's something.
0: Yeah. It's the thing where it's like Peter Rotry is being the guy who's like, oh, you know, you think that things aren't great here. Well, what about, you know, in third world countries where people don't have rights and, you know, like gay people are killed just for existing and women can't vote and all that stuff. So you've got it pretty good. So he's taking that stance. And meanwhile, Emma and the others are taking the stance of, We have this problem and things can be better. So we are going to strive to make things better for everyone. And that's why they're the heroes. And Peter Rattri is being the type of villain who is not necessarily the cause of all the problems in the world, but he is propagating them and uh, preserving them as by. Refusing to acknowledge that a better possibility exists. Yeah, he so.
1: he keeps the the institutionalized problems of that world going.
0: Yes. So he's like, the human world's not any different because they are a mirror of humanity. Code solid. You can pass that on to my uncle. Try it if you can. I'm looking forward to seeing how far you can go in the human world. And he takes out a knife and he says, I can't go with you kids. I'll enjoy the new world from the depths of hell. And he stabs himself in the neck. And that's where the chapter ends.
1: It's the end of this. Chapter. I was a
0: very consistent character throughout my entire appearance in this manga.
1: Like, I understand. Like, so people are in the chatter, like being like, well, that's a dumb, like, that's a dumb argument that he has. And I agree with you, but it's okay for the character to make that bad argument. Cause it creates, it creates some kind of discourse. I don't think it's necessarily constructed to an overall world discourse, but a villain should have motivation, and that being his is fine. It's the thing he's used to convince himself that he is noble in this way. He's like, mm-hmm. look, humans have been doing worse. What we're doing is saving a lot of people. That's what he uses to make himself think he's right. The character Peter Rottri has done nothing but scream and be worthless every chapter up to this point. So in this moment to be like, here's his character and he's dead. Now he's killing himself. (laughs) He gave his big grand speech and then decided to kill himself. It's like either he's actually dead and this was such a waste of time or Emma has gone out and saved him. She got to the knife in the last second or something like that. Maybe she pulled the knife and ended up cutting herself or something along those lines. You're like, man, this is lame. Like, it's just going to be it, like either way this goes. It's not going to be interesting because the, the conflict is is over at this point.
0: Also, I mean, we've seen Peter Rotary do a bunch of really weird cowardly stuff, make himself out to be incompetent and unlikable. And also he keeps on talking about the farm kids like they're, you know, slaves um, without any rights or anything and mocking them for it. And now we get this and it's like, now feel bad for him.
1: Yeah, like this would be a it's much like, more easy thing to get along with if he's ever shown an ounce of real remorse to these kids. But anytime I mean, he's is, ever in a position the, of power, he's like, Ooh, can't you wait to be a fucking burger for some demons? Stupid fucking burgers.
0: Waiting until the character's going to die to give them a flashback explaining them and explaining why they are the way they are is one thing. But this does not explain at all why he's like, Yeah be burgers and die. Like, that nothing to explain why he treats them so poorly. If he were had just been expressing, like, a coldness towards Emma and the others, like, you know, you are supplies, you know, you are – or if he had said, like, you should be proud of what is being accomplished on your corpses or something like that, that would be a different thing. But again, character writing in Promised Neverland is not one of the focuses. So – so yeah, this was not very good. I am with you that the philosophical arguments uh, is better than what we've seen in previous weeks and I think that this could have been a good chapter basically completely unchanged if stuff before it were were drastically different. Mm-hmm. So
1: all right, let's finish up this There's week. There's no One Piece this week, so yeah. With Black Clover page 245, Dante versus the Captain of the Black Bulls. Hey, Yami showed up, and based off the panel in the first page, he has become an absolute unit. He's like a Rob Liefeld drawing. He's he 90% chest.
0: He is a Trisket man now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he... And that th- that thigh gap though. I mean, wow. Yeah,
1: I mean, bravo. I mean, his little <laughs> tiny baby legs, but <laughs> hey, that thigh gap's impressive. Uh he looks around, he sees that Gauche is on the ground and Astas on the ground and he's like, "Hey,
2: you know what?" <laughs> Asta in the most undignified pose, by
1: the way. If someone was ever like, Yamcha looked too dignified, (laughs) curled up like a baby in that crater, we need a new Yamcha pose that's even more disgraceful. And Asta found it. Uh, He does have a cool line where he says, I don't really care. Whoever you are, wherever you're from, you're dead meat. And he's looking at his friends. So uh, Dante's like, oh, excellent, Mattis looks, but nobody looks down on me. So he uses his gravity magic and uh, it doesn't really matter. Like it it, it, brought, it brings down the spatial magic, but Yami just grabs Fenril and kind of like lands. super landing. Yeah. Uh. And he's like, oh, you're not graveling, Not at all. Oh, and Yami, Yami says, ah, you know, I've, I've learned some stuff over the past six months. I guess I'll give it a test drive. Mana Zone, and Black Hole, Dark Magic, Black Moon. So, Yami has magic erasing powers too now, because it creates a magic zone that erases his spells, Dante's spells within it. So, I guess maybe it's not erasing magic, it just erases gravity by being kind of anti-gravity. Kind of the same way One Piece has kind of made Blackbeard's power of gravity kind of like or darkness gravity itself so i guess it's anti-gravity i don't really know exactly anyway dante's like well i'll just shoot rocks at you really fast and uh it doesn't work because yami just cuts them in half and he's like hmm well then i'll have to get in really close so he summons a sword he's like i'm gonna just launch myself into you and have a big sword fight and Yami's like, mm, I'm reacting to his moves even before he makes them by using zone and reading key. Uh, I'm not on Julius's level, though. And Dante's kind of like laughing and being crazy. And uh, he's like, ah, so he could use the, the power of gravity to control the speed of his sword strikes, too? Interesting. It kind of sounds like you know me. And Yami's like, what are you, a stalker? And he's like, yes, that's right. You're what I'm after. And Yami gives his old line of, like, being popular with dudes like you doesn't make me happy at all. His old chestnut. You gay. Yeah. And he says, you are a key that links this world with the underworld. So, Ooh, a teaser for things to come. Uh, but he's like, "Ah, oh, it's a shame, though. Who would have thought Yami would be such a vulgar, shabby fellow as he goes in. And he's like, how did a man like you acquire so many people with such unique magic? It's the first time I've ever been jealous of a human. Thank you for this new malice. But your arcane stages are already mine. From now on, they'll be with me serving my ends. And Yami says, arcane stages serve your ends? What are you talking about? I just let those guys into the black bulls because I like them.
0: Because of their interesting abilities. (laughs) (laughs)
2: That makes me totally different from you. I mean, when you put it like that, (laughs) you're not wrong.
1: And uh, he condenses all of his magic, and he says, I'm not going to give up on a single one of them. And he does his uh, fucking uh, you are already dead move and slashes him and passes by and it's uh, the dark cloated eye slash I-I, ei ei yeah E-I. ei slash.
0: It's uh, after ei do, which is the art of finishing fights in one slash. So,
1: so Yami potentially has won and beaten one of the dark triad. Who knows? I thought this guy was supposed to be the strongest of them, so maybe he's still alive. But, um, I mean, it seemed like Zeno was going to be the one that. Was going to get mm-hmm. the most focus anyway, yeah. so I wouldn't be shocked if they're like, "Yeah, we'll defeat this dude here, but Zeno's the one we have to really worry." We about. also
0: haven't we also haven't seen him release 100 of his devil, so yeah. yeah.
1: So I guess there's still a lot of room.
0: It's, uh, I mean, this has been a pretty c- cool fight so far, honestly. Uh, I mean, because Asta didn't just you know beat Asta and win. Uh, there were stakes. It actually seemed like you know, especially following up on the fight where, you know, members of, Uno's uh t- you know, team died. That is, and you know, you saw the sword go through gaps like, okay, well they might actually be in trouble here. Um, so if this is the end of the fight and like this, and Dante just declares like a, ta- a tactical retreat or something like that, then I could be happy with that. Um, so yeah, that's about it.
1: Yep. It was a chapter. It's not bad. No, I do. There's, it is interesting. Like, Every member of the Black Bulls has some super ancient kind of gimmick to them, like uh, Vanessa being a witch, Asta has his demon, gauch has the, the the mirror eye, Uh, fucking Charmy, Grey's, Charmy Grey's is apparently
0: an arcane stage thing too. Charmy is
1: a werewolf, Yami has connections <laughs> to the underworld, like basically every character but Magna. Has like some crazy, interesting backstory to him, and then Max was like, "I use fire to make baseball."
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. All right, that is gonna do it for week of mock recap, everyone. What were your favorite chapter and MVP for this week, Chris?
1: (sighs) Yeah, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna give it to Doctor Stone. It's wacky cocktail chapter. I really, I just, I really enjoyed that chapter. I really thought it was fun. Hey, well, you um, like what you like, yeah. you know, so. No, I have to apologize. People will judge me. Uh, and my character of the week is going to be twice from My Hero Academia. He was he was excellent. <laughs>
0: totally get that. Uh, my favorite series this week was Chainsaw Man. I know.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, favorite character. I, whew, I had it. Hang on a second. Let me go through real quick. So we had. Uh, was it? Was it twice?
1: Um most of the people are saying twice. Darkness Devil got a point, Tristan got a point, Yami from Black Clover. Those are the ones the audience are picking at least.
0: Yeah, I think I'm going with twice. So okay.
1: boom. Twice. Everybody said twice. The audience said chainsaw mana twice as well.
0: Alright. Uh so with that said, thank you everyone for joining us here on twitch.tv slash We record the show live. Around seven thirty to eight Eastern Wait, Wednesday. We're live? Yes, Chris, I I shouldn't be saying fuck
1: I shouldn't be saying fuck so often.
0: didn't say that. Oh, okay, cool. It's Twitch. I don't let's, think they fucking care. Let's
1: get the <laughs> fucking show on the fucking road then. Fuck, fuck, fuck,
0: fuck. <laughs> fuck fuck. Fuck. Fuck fuck fuck. Fuck like fuck, the old, fuck, fuck fuck. The fuck.
1: old DX video. I still enjoy that one where it's just like uh-huh. the words will not say. Came okay, won't say fuck, motherfucker, cock, bullshit. And like Shawn Michaels like, I can't say fuck. He's like, watch your goddamn fucking mouth. Jesus fucking Christ.
0: Oh, uh, and DX were funny. Uh, <laughs> be sure to check out our past episodes on com. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave a comment, leave a rating so we can rise to the top of the hobby section. Dethrone the woodworkers. Send us feedback. Ask us questions. Uh, Suggest manga for us to read. Do that stuff at our email, weeklymangarecapayahoo.com, or join the Discord server. You can also participate in various chats, including the recommendation that we're working on, which is currently Beastars. Uh, And... There's a My Hero Academia RP on there. There's all sorts of stuff. And uh, you can also use that to find the Wikimaga Recap document maintained by Ninja X3i, where we keep track of the recommendations we've covered, MVPs and favorite series of each week, and various other nice little things. Special thanks go out to everyone who supports us on Patreon. You will ask great bonus content for you guys to enjoy. Steve Mann, our tower card artist, uh, you can check out his work everywhere that boobs can be viewed. Uh, Infamous Planet who made the new frame for the visual edition of the podcast. Uh, and Milo Jack Stillett and Winsorll Cheddar for making the opening sequence for the show. So that's gonna do it for, for it for this week. We will see you next time when uh, we may end up talking about B stars. So
1: yeah, maybe. who knows? Who knows if we'll have if we'll find the time in all of this.
0: there's so little of it to
1: utilize right now alright that's good to do it everybody goodbye